The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Well, happy NIL Day, everybody. Name, image, and likeness. Um, it is here for college athletics as of uh, midnight Eastern time. And uh, you'll see today, you can see right now, players across the country that have already announced deals, including uh, one with the uh, Kentucky basketball team that we'll mention here in a second. But first up, let me tell you that we'll lead off with Mike Pratt today, as we do on Thursdays, uh, Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated, and then Tim Couch. And uh, Tim's going into the National High School Sports Hall of Fame tonight in Orlando. And I caught up to him yesterday afternoon when he had a little break in the schedule of activities they had for them and uh, talked to Tim about that honor and Kentucky football. So we'll have that in our uh, final half of the final quarter of the show today. Let's get to the Wildcat news of the day here from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. Kentucky unveiled its guidelines for NIL yesterday. It's called the Kentucky Road. You've probably seen that already. But what they revealed or unveiled was uh, some of the guidelines. Things, I won't go through them all, but there's things like players cannot miss class or team activities to do their name, image, and likeness work. Uh, They cannot use school facilities. Um, Can't use university trademarks or copyrighted content. And and some of that stuff, maybe there's a, uh, I think there's a, I would I would guess there's an opportunity to perhaps use some of those things, maybe if you're working with uh, one of the clients of UK Athletics. That would seem reasonable, that if you're working with one of their clients and they hire the player, then they could uh, make use of some of those things. If not, then the player uh, can cut his or her own deal to um, you know use, wear a blue shirt or um, do it in front of a generic... Um, stadium or something uh certain categories are prohibited uh gambling facility or gambling enterprises uh, can't wear apparel during team activities that would be you can wear you know adidas shoes when they uh, are uh, a nike school uh, you could on your own but you can't uh, during a during a game uh, during team activities i guess so beyond games products and establishments that market to 18 year olds or older so, you know, it would be um, adult entertainment clubs, um, uh, you know, bars. I would, uh, it, it's not everything is spelled out in there. So we'll <laughs> have to work through all of this. Um, maybe get some challenge on some of it. Maybe they uh, have to, uh, to tweak the policy. But uh, we are in a, this brave new world now. There's already one wildcat that has unveiled some items. Dante Allen. Um, sent out a tweet with info about Dante Allen t-shirts, Dante Allen hoodies. So that will be something that players can take advantage of. And I don't see anything wrong with with that kind of thing. There there are going to be some problems with it that uh, they'll have to either work through or or find a way to adapt to. But um, it it is here now, and uh, since there's not a lot of guidance from the home office of the NCAA or Congress or anybody like that, 
then that's going to make it even more oh, problematic for for schools. Um, one school's doing one thing, and your athletes are, why, why can't we do that? They're doing that here. Well, that's not our policy with NIL. That's theirs. Uh, or that state uh, maybe obviously is different a, a little bit from state to state. Cat's Paws is coming out with their Kentucky football yearbook here shortly. And uh, there's a story up at uh, catspaws.com about uh, the interview Mark Stoops did with them for the yearbook. And one of the interesting comments that came out of that, according to the story, is that Joey Gatewood did not throw a single interception during spring practice. That's strong because that's going to be an important thing to Mark Stoops in terms of this quarterback competition. Uh, He wants to have a more balanced offense, a more explosive offense, but I guarantee he didn't want to greatly increase turnovers. They, it's one thing they've managed reasonably well, even when they haven't had the ability to, to be explosive in the passing game. Um, he said that Gatewood was really accurate, throwing the ball down the field. Stoops uh, said in the article that he has been annoyed at the opportunities Kentucky missed uh, to hit big throws. I can think of one one from last season in particular, uh, the deep throw in the uh, Ole Miss game, uh, where if they connect, they get a touchdown uh, out of it, and they most likely end up winning that game rather than losing in uh, in overtime. Um, and there are you know, several others I'm sure you can think back to over the years in a big game where Kentucky had a guy open or um, – uh, didn't make the catch, didn't make the right throw on time, whatever. And that's where they want to see some significant improvement. Suns have made the NBA Finals for the first time since 93. Devin Booker leading the uh, charge for Phoenix. So they win game six over the Clippers last night. Links to the stories that we talk about each day, you can find them on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Mike Pratt will join us when we come right back here on the Leach Report. Find out more about the Voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Sixteen past the top of the hour, we welcome in Mike Pratt to the program via the DrinkSword.com hotline. Uh, Mike Pratt, the uh, Suns are headed to the NBA Finals for the third time ever. It was Charles Barkley leading them in 93. It was... Alvin Adams in 76, and it's Devin Booker and Chris Paul here in 2021. Yeah, i tell you what. They've been very, very impressive. And um, uh, I, I, I tell you one of the key things, Tom, is you know Chris Paul's been spectacular uh, for the most part, and uh, his locker room leadership and all that stuff has, has been great. But they're role players. Their role players have eat, uh, different ones have stepped up. L- little Cameron Payne uh, comes in and before he gets hurt, plays well. Plays well last night. You got Crowder. I mean, you can go right down the list of the role players, um, the guys that are just outside of the starting five, and they they understand what they're supposed to do. Doesn't seem to be any jealousy or I'm going to do try to do more than I'm supposed to do. I mean, they're all together in this deal as their roles. That's been impressive. Got to be some credit for that, I would think. Well, to Chris Paul, a lot for leadership and the coach. And from what I've read, they, the coach uh, and uh, Chris Paul have a very tight relationship. 
Yeah, uh, that, that's all really important. But I, I think you also got to give these guys credit uh, for understanding. I mean, they're pretty much a veteran group that I talked about um, uh, it, that contribute that way. You got to give them credit for understanding what going to the finals means and going this deep means uh, to their future and to the Phoenix team. I mean, I give them a lot of credit for that. Some guys get into a world in professional athletes where they don't get the big picture. And these guys get the big picture. It looks like to me. It's it's a good point. The most the most important uh, ingredient to leadership is followers. <laughs> you have yeah. to have people that yeah, will you, will come with you. It's tough to lead air. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Uh, and uh, for Devin, uh, you know he he has toiled in uh, some relative obscurity at, at the start of his career, putting up big numbers and for bad Phoenix teams. And you know, people say, "Well, it's just you know he's just putting up bad num- you know big numbers for a bad team." Uh, kind of uh, started to emerge a little bit maybe when the, the Suns got into the bubble and, and uh, won all their games and, and came up just short of the playoffs. And then uh, he has, uh, I think, earned a lot of respect here in the postseason. Really has. And uh, you talk about a guy that's and everybody wants to jump on the Kentucky basketball staff or not play anymore or playing him a certain way, whatever it may be that they want to complain about, Okay. The fact of the matter was, the kid couldn't put the ball on the floor more than two dribbles when he's at Kentucky. And now, he's like a bigger version of Chris Paul. He's all over the place with that dribble. And you got to give him credit. People don't realize how this kid has uh, elevated his game. And really, I mean, that's that's the missing piece, I think, in the uh, way people look at this young fella. And I, I'm really proud of him. He's uh, He was fun to watch at Kentucky. He's, he's made himself better. Didn't happen overnight. And uh, he's fun to watch now. And it seems to me he's got that burning desire. Some people call it the chip. I call it the the fire in the belly. And uh, he's showing it now. I was happy to see uh, that uh, DeMarcus had a nice series in defeat for the Clippers and uh, hopefully might make himself uh, a little money because uh, he he really scored well. You know, he's got, I guess, some, some – I don't know if he can get past some of those health issues he's had. He has a little trouble defensively in the pick and roll, but he certainly uh, shows he can still score and, and pass it well. Yeah, yeah he does. And, uh, you know, he's on the downside, the back nine of his career, maybe the last few holes. But uh, you're, you're happy for him that uh, he was able to perform that well and – I would think when you lose, teams look to make changes. Sometimes they're just superficial. Sometimes they're real changes. I would imagine that, I don't know what Big Cousin's contract is, but I would imagine that he's a guy that will be with another team next year, depending on what he makes. I think I saw somewhere that he's, a, he's cheap labor, Tom. He's yes. making $5 million. <laughs> so you got to back up. It still looks like he has a little something in him. Can you afford to pay him? Or can the Clippers afford to keep him? Talking with Mike Pratt on Twitter. You can follow him at MikePratt22. And obviously the big story in the college sports space is name, image, and likeness that kicks in today. I saw Dante Allen's out with some T-shirts and, and hoodies that fans can can purchase. And there will be a lot of opportunities, I, th- I would think, for things like that for players um, there, there's going to be, you know, a, 
I think a limit, you and I believe, a somewhat limited opportunity for big scores, but there will be some for you know athletes with big social media followings that can make a lot of money. Uh, there's going to be some decent money for the things like Dante did here and autograph signings and such. It's just what what's between those two things on the spectrum. It's going to be interesting to see kind of where it where it lands. Yeah, it, that is really going to be interesting. The other piece of the equation, I think. Uh, and we've said this many times, Tom, you and I, in discussions, that, um, you know, the, the top guys are go- going to get the best deals because they're the most visible. Maybe they've got a better track record. Um, they're going to get the best deals. But I think everybody's got a chance to make a little bit of money, and I think that chance really sits with a, a website, uh, social media, all your followers. Uh, people can order off that. Um, I think there's money to be made there. How much? Who knows? I mean, if if they're as poor, players are as poor as they say. If you make ten thousand, that's ten thousand, baby. You know, take it and run. So um, it's a great business learning experience too, Tom, for these young fellows or whoever's managing them um, in in these endeavors. But the real this is all going to be interesting. The real interesting thing is going to be when the games start. Starting with football, then the basketball, women's basketball, and then into baseball, the whole nine yards. How coaches deal with this, how players deal with this, that's going to be a fascinating piece to me because some guys, uh, some coaches uh, at at any level have a better uh, capability of uh, dealing with these guys uh, than others. Some guys are tacticians. So, I mean, it's going to be challenging for coaches uh, to to work themselves through this to keep their locker room intact, I think. One thing I think that's that works well for Kentucky in this, and you and I see it with with basketball, with with Cal, and then I'm around football, obviously a lot as well. And I, and I see it there. the The cultures that Calipari and Stoops have have built uh, rely heavily on trust and between player and coach, and that the players uh, sincerely believe that those coaches uh, care about them and are looking out for them. And that will be a key, I would think, in navigating through this. Absolutely. And I, as you very well said, I think uh, both both uh, coaches and their staffs have, have built a culture that is going to be able to withstand this. There's going to be some bumps in the road, okay? And here's another piece of the puzzle you have to watch. Okay, Tom Leach is a hotshot lineman in Kentucky, and he starts out with a $10,000 deal with anybody, doing anything. I don't care what it is. And all of a sudden, Tom Leach, unfortunately, gets hurt. Or whatever you're endorsing, you, they don't sell. So you have to ask yourself, what happens then? Do guys get their feelings hurt? Do, do gals get their feelings hurt? Because that sponsor decides, hey, yeah, I don't, there's no value to that. Now, the flip side of that is I think there's going to be a lot of love buying, what I call love buying, here in this situation where they want to help the university, help the uh, student-athlete, and and they're going to put some money in it and probably aren't going to look for an immediate return, okay? There's that group. But there there is a group that wants to see an immediate return. So how do the athletes handle being rejected? Uh, or terminated in those situations. That's where the coaches, I think, are going to really come in, Tom, help, help these young folks get through that. If it, if it indeed happens, life tells you 
that will happen, right? Yeah, it'll be a, a real education in the, in the business world. Um, yep. For for athletes, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, there's there's a, no, no, a good element uh, to that uh, uh, that will help them uh, moving forward. Mike Pratt, thank you much. Have a good day. You too, buddy. We'll come back with Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated in a moment. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. 27 past the top of the hour on this rainy Thursday here on the Leach Report. Justin Rowland joins us from catsillustrated.com. Uh, Justin, name, image, and likeness has uh, made a significant change to the landscape of college sports as of today. Um, any thoughts on what you're seeing so far? I'll start there. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I think all of us prepared as best we could, but now we're just kind of watching it. You know, Derek King, Miami's quarterback, just got a, a $20,000 deal that rolled out re- recently. Mackenzie Milton uh, got another uh I think uh, it's just going to be interesting. You're going to have a, a huge difference in how it's tackled based on where and who and and what's involved. And uh, I, I, I'm not one of those people to tap the brakes and say it's not going to change everything. I think it is going to change everything, and, and it, I think it's exciting more than more than scary. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be a, a big change. It's just uh, it's going to be interesting to see to to what. Degree, I guess. As I was just talking with Mike, there's a, a, a small number of athletes I think that'll make a lot of money, you know, with you know Instagram followers or big social media followings, things like that. They're going to be at the other end, you know, ladies and and men that will make uh, a smaller amount from uh, autograph signings and, and those kind of things. But uh, what what between those two ends of the spectrums happen? Which where, where does the most of it fall? Uh, which end of the spectrum does most of it fall closer to? I think probably on the smaller end, but uh, it's going to vary place to place. I mean, this is going to work out well for Kentucky basketball. I have little doubt about that. I think for Kentucky football, it's going to be how how well orchestrated it is and how, how, how well they're able to do it, because I do think there's going to be a lot of money flying around at, like, the... Those, those SEC football program towns uh, in the top half of the conference. I do think that there will be significant money there, especially now. You know, a lot of people, a lot of businesses might be enticed to get into this that really haven't done much marketing or advertising in the past. They might be excited or energized by it, kind of like the sports betting community is during... Got to get to a quick break here, Justin. We'll continue that line of thinking when we come right back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. And Justin Rowland is with us on the DrinkSword.com hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Roland Rivals. Read him at CatsIllustrated.com. And you were uh, making a point there before we had to go to the hard break at the bottom of the hour, Justin, about maybe some different companies that might get into to marketing with this new uh, provision in college sports. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have you know brand agents dealing with people who have done this for a long time, and I think there's kind of there are comparable markets that exist. Um, but for example, this morning the Louisville Rivals site just partnered with Jordan Watkins, their their receiver. And I, I don't think the details of that have been ironed out, but 
I mean, it's going to touch a lot of things. I mean, there's a lot of uncomfortable things people with media are going to have to grapple with. Um, just because the chain of command and, and, and new people are going to be introduced. So, so, I mean, this is a big enough change that I don't think we can anticipate all the opportunities that are going to flow out of it yet. And just reading a little bit of uh, this is a story uh, from John Hale in the Courier Journal about Dante Allen's uh, deal that was uh, released, or shirts and, and hoodies that were released, and it's through uh, an organization or an entity called Players Trunk, according to John's story. It's a website founded by former college sports team managers and athletes designed to s- allow athletes to sell their own branded merchandise and autographs. Um, and if I'm not Charles mistaken, Matthews actually is one of the founders of the website, former Kentucky basketball player. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Dante is also doing you know Zoom calls with people 10 or 15 minutes for $80 a pop. You know, Cameo, you know, let's celebrities and quasi-celebrities do do this already <laughs> and you know there might be a, a comparable price scale on something like that but that just goes to show that when you're talking about monetization in this day and age in a digital economy there's no really no end no limit to the possibilities you know it's at some point uh i would think you know there's a high school component to this i mean you we think of like a reed shepherd at north laurel but you know tim couch when he was at leslie county richie farmer rex chapman just some names that have come through here heck dante when he was at Pendleton county maybe um that uh, gets such a big following in a in a state where they're uh, you know fans are obsessed with a team like here in kentucky that you know you know a guy's coming to kentucky he could you know he or she could uh, maybe monetize some things even when they're in high school, but I don't know. I'm sure there are some restrictions related to that as far as NCAA eligibility at this point. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that high school players are going to be very careful about is anything that could be perceived as a direct recruiting enticement. Yeah. Because that could really compromise their eligibility, and that's the kind of thing that, I mean, even if it looks unspoken on the surface, this is what's happening. If you don't cross your T's and dot your I's, then it could be hard to get out of some of those contracts when it comes to eligibility. And that, that's something they're going to have to be very wary of. But again, for, for media, for example, I think it's just a matter of time until you see certain networks or certain websites or outlets, you know, basically owning the recruitment of these players and saying, this guy's going to just talk to these people and this guy's just, just going to talk to those people. I'm not really comfortable with that. But I think, you know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, it's going to happen, and we're going to have to see if there's going to be any regulation of it. Yeah, that's, uh, the, you're probably right. Uh, let's shift to, um, I was going to say recruiting, but it's really uh, players already been recruited out of high school. The offensive lineman from LSU, Rosenthal, uh, that is in the transfer portal. Kentucky's been mentioned in connection with him. What are you hearing about uh, the prospect of Rosenthal ended up ending up with the Wildcats? I think it's going to happen. I think he's going to be at Kentucky. I saw some other people mention Baylor and Missouri and Florida State, and I've never really heard or felt that those schools are really all that serious as options. If Kentucky will take him, and it's looking like they will, then that's where he's going to be. He's been training with Chris Vaughn at Aspirations Gym in Louisville, and that's been a, a tremendous pipeline for Kentucky with Wandale Robinson and Keonta Goodwin. and fared well with those guys and and it's a dead period now but with 67 68 days till the start of the season i think this is going to move pretty quickly and you're looking at kentucky maybe having one of the best pairs of offensive tackles in the country pairing this guy with darian Kennard. and it would it would be interesting he was a left tackle at lsu right yes that's right yep darian was a right tackle 
uh, all through his, up through his career up to this point. He's moving to the left side, which can en- enhance his value. So uh, if, if Rosenthal does end up here and does end up playing, it's likely to be more on the right side, one would think. I think that is probably what they're saying, and I'm not saying it's not going to work out that way, but you know, it's, it's just going to come down to how Darian fares at left tackle. True. I think Absolutely. If he can be an SEC left tackle, then that's, that's, that's it, no problem. What I think this does is, if he struggles at all, they would be very quick to move him back to the right side. And, you know, for somebody like Jeremy Flax, who was probably going to be a starter at right tackle, um, this kind of bumps him, uh, you know, probably to second string, but he's still got several years of eligibility left. And the thing about Rosenthal is I think everybody realizes he's going to be a one-and-done, just like Kelvin Joseph. So it doesn't doesn't change the long-term playing time forecast for a lot of guys. Um, Jalen Deeren uh, finishes up his visit to Kentucky. Uh, any thoughts on that recruitment for the Wildcats? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it sounds like uh, going into the trip there was a lot of optimism and there was a lot of hopefulness, but just because you're dealing with somebody who's so in demand, you know, you know that it can change at the drop of a hat. But I, David Sisk and Travis Graff have been saying that Kentucky got a much better chance to get him this year than than a lot of people had assumed. And you know, I don't I don't have any details of how the trip went, but but that's what everybody's going to be talking about along with Rosenthal. CatsIllustrated.com. Uh, so you guys have a uh, extended uh, special deal right now too, right? It's free trial. Yeah, if you go to the front page, Cats Illustrated, we got the details at the top of the page. It's just join now, and and you can get to free till August tenth. And uh, that'll cover the the start of training camp for uh, Kentucky football. Justin, thank you much. Thanks a lot, Tom. We'll come right back with Tim Couch on the Leach Report. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Welcome back into the Leach Report. We go to the drinksword.com hotline to welcome in the deuce, Tim Couch, going into the National High School Football Hall of Fame down in Orlando. Uh, when you got the news, Tim, uh, what was your reaction? Oh, I was thrilled. Um, you know, I, I just uh, I honestly didn't know there was a National High School Sports Hall of Fame, so it, it caught me off guard, but certainly, you know, honored to be going in. Um, there's so many fantastic athletes from all sports, uh, you know, going in with me as well, and just just, uh, just truly an honor. It makes me look back on my time in high school and so thankful for the coaches that I was able to have and, and the teammates that I had there at Leslie County and uh, all the great things that we accomplished. You know, for me to be going into the Hall of Fame is just, uh, just, just truly an honor for me. Yeah, I think I, I said I may have said football, but this is for uh, all sports, and you were quite a basketball player, obviously, as well. What do you remember about uh, most about your high school days there at Leslie County? You know, I just remember, um, you know, just the, the attention that we were getting, you know, especially in my junior and senior season, just the, the attention we were getting uh, on a national level. Um, you know, I was obviously on the on the brink of breaking a lot of national passing records and every time you know uh you know we would play a game whether it be home or away there were sellout crowds everywhere and you know we loved it as um, you know my teammates really embraced that that as well and just being in the spotlight and getting all that attention uh was something really cool for a small town team in eastern kentucky to be receiving that type of attention so it was really really neat thing for all of us and uh very unique thing to have that type of attention you know on a national level having you know 
Sports Illustrated there covering our team and, you know, having all these college, famous college coaches there every Friday night watching us play was just, uh, just an unbelievable thing to experience. Yeah, we uh, have seen it over the years in, in basketball with a guy like Rex Chapman or maybe now we'll see it with Reed Shepard. But um, in, uh, in football, um, you know, you, I remember you guys came to Lexington and played, and it, to say it was standing room only does it an injustice. I mean, they were like hanging from the trees, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. And, you know, it, there was such a buildup. You know, uh, that was the opening game my senior season. We played Fort Thomas Highland. And, you know, I guess, you know, people in Lexington and, you know, surround, you know, in, in other parts of the state had heard about, you know, this kid from the mountains was either real deal or not. So they wanted to come and, and watch us play and, you know, against a really good team in Fort Thomas Highlands. And, you know, we were able to have a great game that day and end up winning uh, in a close one. And I, I do remember so many people being at that game. It was just a, an unbelievable atmosphere and environment for us to play in. I remember um, reading a book about the ABAs before your time, but uh, uh, when, you know, they had guys like Dr. J and, uh, Bob Costas wrote a blurb on the back of the book about how it was like, you know, these guys were like gunslingers from the old West. You just heard about them. You never saw them. And, right. you know, the internet was just kind of getting started as, uh, you were finishing up your, uh, high school career. And so, you know, now everybody can Google maybe, uh, Reed Shepard highlights. They couldn't do that then. You wanted to go see Tim Couch. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. You know, there was no social media. There was no, you know, internet really, like you said, and, you know, so it was all word of mouth and, uh, you know, you could really, you really had to go watch it in person to, to see it. And I think that was kind of a unique experience. You know, nowadays, like you said, Tom, you can, you know, pull up anybody's highlights you want and, and just watch them uh, on the internet. But back then, you know, the only way to see a guy play was to go, you know, watch him play live. And I think that was, that, that was pretty, pretty cool because it actually built it up even more, you know, just the word of mouth, like, Hey, you got to go see this guy play. He's doing this on the football field, and this on the basketball court. Uh, so, so it built up a lot of attention for us, and uh, it was certainly a lot of fun. Hopefully, one day here soon, you're going to be hearing your name uh, for the College Football Hall of Fame. It, it is uh, very much deserved, and I think you can make the case on on numbers. But the thing I, I've said is that doesn't get fully appreciated. That you can talk a little bit about is the is the impact that the air raid had on college football. You still see elements of it today, as people have you know, tweaked it and come up with variations of it. But, you know, with you and and Craig and and that group of guys, that helped it explode as it did because of the success you guys had. Absolutely. Um, You know, I I hope this is a year, you know, I've been on the finals list. I think this is my seventh year now, and it's just a very difficult uh, process. You know, obviously there's some tremendous players, some legendary college football players that you're up against each and every year to to get in, but hopefully this will be the year. Um, you know, it'd be uh, an unbelievable honor, probably the highest honor that I've received as as a, as a football player if I were able to get in. But you know, the impact, like you said, um, was it, it's still reaching today. You know, over 20 years later, and people are still running the air raid offense, and you know, it's spread to the NFL now with guys like Cliff Kingsbury who played for Mike Leach, and you know, he's he's got a head coaching job in the NFL, and guys like Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, who uh, Jared Goff, guys who played in the air raid system in college and are having a lot of success in the NFL. So. It's, it's really cool to say we kind of started that thing in major college football back in 97 and um, uh, just to see where it is today and people are, are taking that offense and expanding and growing it and, and, you know, making it, you know, having different variations of it. But it's, it's really cool to say we were kind of on the ground floor of that system and, and kind of introduced it to, to, to college football. Talking to Tim Couch on the DrinkSword.com hotline. Uh, I know you were on the uh, the Sunday show here in Lexington last weekend and talking about uh, getting a kick out of Liam Cohen referencing you when when he came to Kentucky and talked about people you know following that you in the in the air raid back then. 
And um, you think about um, when Kentucky was looking for a, a coach uh, and found Mark Stoops, Mitch reached out to you uh, to, to be part of the process. And uh, has to make you feel good now when you see what is happening with Kentucky football to know you kind of had a part in it in two ways, back in your playing days and that, then with uh, being part of the group that uh, got Coach Stoops here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm certainly proud of that and, and very grateful that, uh, that Mitch Barnhart reached out to me and asked me to be part of that selection process. And we were looking for a head coach. And, you know, really it was a no-brainer after we interviewed several different coaches and, and, and Coach Stoops was, was the obvious choice. And But, you know, I don't think I ever thought that the program would be where it is today. I thought he would do some great things here, but nothing like he's accomplished. He's, he's far exceeded everybody's expectations. And, you know, on a recruiting this year and year out what he's doing on, on in, in that in that part of the game uh you know and obviously winning games on the field going to uh bowl games and winning bowl games and putting guys into the nfl it's just been truly remarkable what he's been able to do here uh at kentucky in a short period of time and i just uh i can't wait to see what he's going to build for the future we've seen uh, great individuals like yourself come along in in kentucky and come to play at the university of kentucky uh, but the the thing I, th- I I think, and you can speak to this, that I, I don't think people really uh, thought would happen is to be able to to play the to get the personnel to play the physical brand of football that Mark likes to play, and to be able to to do it at Kentucky in this league. That, that's absolutely the most impressive thing to me. You know, I I honestly thought you know to win at Kentucky and in the SEC with the guys that we have to go up against that we had to be, you know, I don't want to say gimmicky, but we had to be a little bit different, you know, like an air raid system or some kind of system where we could, you know, kind of level the playing field because we weren't going to be able to match up man for man uh, with, you know, an Alabama or an LSU or, you know, Team Florida, teams like that. But Stoops has really went out and just built this thing in the trenches, you know, on both sides of the ball, offensive defense, on the offensive defensive lines. And, and the way we're able to run the football down people's throats and the way this offensive line has performed over the last several years is, has been, you know, just truly remarkable. Um, you know what he's been able to do and the recruits that he's been able to bring in here. And now we do match up with any team in the SEC physically. We match up with everyone on paper. We have a chance of winning uh, every game every Saturday. We line up against uh, any team in the conference. So it's it's been remarkable what they've done, and you know just uh, you know just unbelievable job what Mark and his staff been able to do here. Along with uh, what he said about being an air raid fan, what else do you like about what you're hearing from Coach Cohen and what he hopes to do with the offense? I'm excited about everything. I, you know, I like his energy that he brings to the team. Um, you know, his NFL experience will obviously pay off. I think uh, what he can do in the passing game and generating a lot of stuff in, in the play action passing game. We're going to be able to run the ball, uh, you know, very well and with our offensive line and our backs. That uh, you know, we're going to get some one-on-one matchups on the outside and take some deep shots off the play action passing game. And you know, I really like the balance he's going to bring. Um, you know, just just really excited to see what uh, what this system is going to look like when when they take the field. I would think that. Uh, you would have been a, a prime candidate to take advantage of name, image, and likeness back in your playing <laughs> days. So, uh, I wish we could get some residuals off that. Hey, there you go, yeah. Uh, some back pay. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting. You know, guys will get a little bit of uh, you know, a business education as they jump into this brave new world. Because I think about a guy like yourself. You came in uh, having accomplished all that you did, and there was all the excitement around it. And then, you know, you, you might have lost a little business when they had you running the option that first year, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, that, that's, it's a very cool thing that's happened. I think it's long overdue that these guys can start making some money off themselves. And, you know, going out and making money off autograph signings and, and their name and likeness, I think it's been, you know, it's, it's, it's way overdue. And, you know, I wish it was around when I was playing and, you know, all the, you know, the number two jerseys in the crowd and all the appearances I could have made. I could have made a lot of money, you know, for, for a college athlete. But, um, 
you know, it's, uh, it's a great thing for these guys, and hopefully they can all take advantage of it and, and do well. And, and uh, you know, hopefully it turns out to be a great thing for college football. Uh, Tim, I appreciate the time. Uh, I know it's uh, busy for you down there in uh, Orlando, but um, everybody's very proud of, of you, obviously, for, for many reasons, but just on this particular night to have you get this honor, um, congratulations. I appreciate it, Tom. Thank you so much. It's great catching up with you. That is the deuce, Tim Couch. The thing that always impressed me uh, was how hard he worked at it uh, in addition to having the talent. Uh, I always remember a story, I think Dave Baker told this, um, that Tim came out to KYT after a loss, uh, the first loss of the 97 season uh, in the air raid, I think after they had lost down at Mississippi State. First thing he did when the plane landed was go out to KYT and be able to get a look at some game film because in those days that was the fastest way to get to be able to see it, to go back and, and watch the replay of the game. And it was just a good story about how hard he worked at it in addition to a great deal of God-given talent that he had. We'll come back and uh, wrap up this edition of the Leach Report this week. It's the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. We'll be right back. One Wildcat birthday today, sharp-shooting lefty Tom Parker from the early 70s uh, celebrating a birthday today. A couple of other notes here. Christian Lewis, U.K. wide receiver recruit. He's been named the Birmingham Male Athlete of the Year. Congrats to Christian Lewis. Yusuf Corker, named to the watch list for the Lott Impact Trophy, named for Ronnie Lott, goes to the top defensive player in college football and also factors in impact on and off the field. And uh, women's golf, UK's Jensen Castle, who was a guest here on the show a few weeks ago when she played in the U.S. Open. She teamed with a golfer from Wake Forest to win the Carolina Women's Four Ball Championship. 16 under score, 16 under par score, they posted. So congrats to Jensen. And uh, saw a note where Marcus Carr has decided to pull out of the NBA draft. So coming back to college, he had put his name into the transfer portal. Remember, there was a time when there was a lot of speculation with uh, him and Kentucky. We'll see you tomorrow on the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page.